Welcome to the Debrief Podcast. Ooh. Today's episode is about fear. 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 It's about fear. Fear. It's about facing the fear and doing it anyway. It's about dealing with your fears and fighting through them. And how the best way to do it How is. we have fear, why we have fear, how we're going to face it together. What is fear? And why? But before we do that, Stevie, how are you? I'm actually really good. Oh, good. Thanks. I had a really great stir fry. We've just been to... Can we say where we've been? I don't think we can. We've been to an organic health food shop. Many are available, but it's the one you think it is. (laughs) (laughs) Tessa, what have you done this week that is the most adult thing? I bought some curtain hooks from the corner shop and I hung some curtains. The curtains were hanging off the wall as they have been all year, but just like... Imagine a curtain that's not fully hung, so like bits of it are just like draped. Like my curtains. Sure. You can imagine them because you've got them. Mm. They, it just looks so woe-bedraggled. Woe-bedraggled? That's right. (laughs) Woe-bedraggled. Woe-begone and bedraggled. It's woe-bedraggled. That's how it looks. And they just hang off so sadly. Wow. And then I was going to have to, I thought I had to replace the curtains, but I didn't. I just paid 25 pence for some curtain hooks. Wow. You felt the fear of the curtains mm. and you hung them anyway. That's right. What did you, how did you adult this week? Um, I have to say, I haven't fully adulted really at all. Um, so this one is just a thing that my sister did. We've got a fridge and we wow. are, I know, I know. Thank you. Thank you, Freddie. Thank you. Um, we've got a fridge and we're also in the process of sorting out all the gas and electricity and all the millions of passwords that you need that, that go along with that. And Gina just casually bought one of those whiteboard things, took it on the fridge and we're just popping the, the, all the passwords down as we go. Mm. Whereas I'm kind of of the school of the school of not ever looking at that password again, not knowing and then not being able to change anything for years afterwards. Mm. That's my vibe. Yes. And I'm really impressed with that. That's wonderful. Way mm. to go. Yeah. That's for you. Um, it's ready to do this week's episode on fear. Fear. What are you afraid of? What am I afraid of? Tessa, what are you afraid of? I mean, I know what it is. Mm. I told her to see it before and she said she didn't think it was that relevant. No, <laughs> I thought it was incredibly relevant and not relatable. Not re- relatable. It's drowning in a small box with a hole in it. <laughs> You know, it's re- that's relatable hot content. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to be listening to this show? It's so specific. It is drowning in a small box with a hole in it. I don't know where I got it from. Probably from watching the Titanic, age like seven. That's a boat. Yeah, but they locked them down and they were just it's in true. confined spaces. So basically, I'm just trying to broaden it out. It's being trapped underwater and you can't get out. Yes. Right. Yes. Not as specific as the... Uh, for some reason, the box, the, box. the box with the hole in it is really in my head, really clear. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where it's come from because I've definitely never seen that. I mean, what 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 movie genre is that? Like, yeah. like that famous one they put her in a box. My equivalent to the box in the sea is wasps, but it's really irrational. I don't really mind if they sting me. It's not that. It's just their whole vibe, their character. It's a very personal war that you have with wasps, like on a personal level. That's a very specific thing to me. I think a more general fear, which maybe more people can relate to, is I... Yes, here are extremely unrelatable fears, and I'm sure everyone has got a real weird one, and then you've probably got one that everybody's got. Fear of rejection, fear of failure, 
Fear of uh, mediocrity, fear of not getting anywhere with your life, fear of... Well, you just uh, named all of mine, so... There they are, see? And everyone's like, those are mine. Like, they're not yours, they're everyone's. No, I think everyone knows that they are everyone's, but everyone is desperately in this weird club of trying to pretend they don't have them. That is the weirdest club, and it's so unhelpful and so I hate that club. Why are we all pretending that bit? We should all just enter every... I just think Tinder conversations should start with, like... What's your fears? What's your what? What are your fears? (laughs) No, but I would answer that. No, if they answer, if they were going with like, hey, hey, and then wing one winky face emoji, and then the next person says, I'm also terrified of dying alone. I mean, that's not far off what your fears. <laughs> yeah, but I think people just acknowledge on Tinder that's what so. it is. Yeah. Like, we're all here because we're terrified of dying alone. Yes. I'm desperate for some human contact. Yeah. Everyone's terrified. That influenced about 80% of every single decision I make. The fear of looking back over my life and saying oh I, I missed that chance oh I should have done that the whole like should thing and the fear of dying being on my deathbed and going if only I'd done this so I'm consistently going is this something that will when I'm 75 and dying will this uh make me go yes I'm glad I did this if I don't care I don't do it I don't think that's, that's a very good fear yeah thank you you seem surprised I just that's a it's because I had wasps before wasn't it <laughs> You came up with something coherent. No, it was so positive. It's such a helpful thing to have. It is positive, although it becomes no, extremely difficult. Positive. I'm sure it is. It becomes yeah. difficult <laughs> when you can't do the thing. So there are certain things in my life that I won't mention now that I've I'm unable to do because I'm frightened of them. And there's a space to mention them on this podcast about fear. What I'm probably currently afraid of is I've always known where my life is going. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be a journalist. Now, I'm not a journalist. I am in this lovely sketch group with these two lovely ladies. And I need to carve out my own identity now. I need to pick the thing that I'm going to do myself Mm -hmm. so I can go... I'm confident in this. This is my thing I'm doing. I don't know what that is. And that keeps me awake at night at the moment because I feel like I am 28 and I haven't got it yet. What does the Baz Luhrmann song say? Wear sunscreen. Yes. And then after that... If I could offer you one tip of the future, sunscreen would be it. Yes. And then the ne- and he's like, the rest of this comes down to my own meandering experience. Do not Dance. Dance. <laughs> do the funky chicken. <laughs> On your 85th wedding anniversary... It doesn't matter if at 22 you don't know what you want to do with your life. The most interesting people I know did not know at 22 what they wanted to do. The most interesting 40-year-olds I know still, still don't. don't. We're so obsessed with this idea. I could get hit by a car though and I haven't written a book. I'll write it for you and publish it under your name. I don't feel that would help my confidence. <laughs> I think that's just like good to have as a backup when you're, crossing, when you're, when you're crossing the road. Great plan B. Thank if you, you do get killed, I promise to publish your work, my work, under your name. Thank you. You're so welcome. God, my <laughs> fear has been conquered. <laughs> the point is, we're so obsessed with the idea of like, today is the end day of my life. What have I brought to the table? Yeah. Rather than being like, it's okay. We've yeah. got so much more of this to come. That's a huge thing in your 20s as well. When I was in my very early 20s I kept a diary and my entire diary is things like I'm so old I'm literally (laughs) never going to do anything because I'm too old to do anything now me and Stevie were just discussing today how funny the Oscars how everyone was taking it so seriously and like couldn't them saying the wrong name couldn't cope and everyone just couldn't cope and like Stevie was like why was no one laughing and you're like because you were so deep in it no one could laugh at that situation apart from Ryan Gosling apart from Ryan Gosling obviously who was not oh he was in it of course he was Yeah, he's made of light though so that's fine he's made of light 
right. And so he's there laughing. He's stepped back from the situation. But everyone else is like so deep in that. The emotions are running so high. Nobody can process it. Whereas in a, in a week, everyone will be like, ha ha, that thing we did. But right now, it's yeah, too much. Because fear is all about perspective. Exactly. And so in a, when you look back on your diary and you're like, oh, what an idiot. But at the time, that was so real. And no, absolutely. those fears, like now, that doesn't make them any less real. Mm. Just you will in the future look back and be like, ha. Huh, at 28, it was so stressed. I didn't even know I was going to be a potter, you know? <laughs> but it's helpful as well if you're struggling and you're in your 20s and you're like having the same thing, being like, I'm, but I'm, surely I should have got to this stage by now. Surely I've, I should be doing this right now. You can look back at how you were freaking out about your GCSEs. Yeah, and go, right. Remember how big a deal they seemed? What? And now nobody <sighs> cares even one tuppence. No, no jot. I have no jot for your GCSE. Imagine if you went to a party and someone was like, what did you get in your history? <laughs> GCSE. <laughs> Imagine it. Actually, it'd be quite a fun conversation now. I that's what, that, should, so that, that should be my opening on Tinder instead of, um, we're all afraid of dying alone, I should say. <laughs> what did you get in your history? GCSE. It's <laughs> nice. See how many replies I get. Um, okay, so we're going now to Elaine Foreman, a clinical psychologist who specialises in fear, specifically fear of flying, but all kinds of fear and how that impacts us. There are a number of theories about why people experience fears and phobias. A phobia is, of course, a fear that is out of proportion to the actual danger that's being faced. A lot of people experience social anxiety and they're reluctant, understandably, to make a fool of themselves. It could be that it's to do with not being popular. Very few of us enjoy being laughed at unless we're doing it on purpose, like, say, a clown. Maybe it's something to do with evolutionary success. The more popular people have partners and are more likely to continue the line of the species. Possibly the less popular people can more easily be left out. Right, so it's all about popularity then. It all comes down to popularity because I suppose if you are popular, then you get all the best stuff. You get the the fit mate. Mm. Um, by mate, I don't mean your friend. I mean your sex friend. Your life partner. Your life partner. So then you can, you basically just want the best and best and best and you're, you're frightened of not getting the best because that means outcast. Mm. And you don't want to be outcast. No, except the band, the popular band. Except the popular band I wouldn't band mind outcast. being the band outcast. But, but oddly, you don't want to be outcast from the tribe. Outcasts are very much in because they're very successful. Mm-hmm. So they are, wow. Um, that's probably why I spend so long worrying about whether I should go to a cool person's party or not because I know that it might help the human race. Exactly. <laughs> and the op, the coversely, the risk is so great because what if you're outcast? Because you didn't perform well at the party. You do, you always do. Thank you. So one of the other uh, topics that comes up all the time is how we've learned this fear of failure at school because that is a place in which... Because now when we're growing up, everyone's like, cool, yeah, risk it, try it, please. What's the worst that can happen? Whereas at school, the worst that could happen was that you failed, you got a literal red F on your work. Or just with other kids, if you had the wrong trainers... That was the end of the world yeah. because everyone would act like it was the end mm-hmm. of the world. Because kids are the worst. Kids are awful. Yeah, so you went to school where every day failure did mean it was literal social death. Yeah, it was people put, like laughing at you in class and now you go, cool, you just struggle that off. But as a child, that is the worst thing that could ever happen. So yes. I suppose you get taught about fitting in. Yes, you get taught about fitting in, you get taught about the idea of right and wrong. In, and that's the same way as like as a baby, you when you like put a brick in your mouth, they're like, 
wrong and then you put all the, right no, no wrong that's the thing like as we have that really clear cut yeah. when you're small that's like bricks no banana yes mm. you know you're like so you learn very quickly be like and we're really clear <laughs> did you about put that. a brick in your mouth when you're all younger, the you got time punished. constantly <laughs> but yeah i think social conditioning is interesting because i think figuring out where your fear comes from i feel like that's a huge stage into overcoming it because obviously we yes. can't give tips on this podcast about specific fears because we will spend I mean my, I went wasps right to failure within a breath like you're well I think it is yes I think we, if we step away from like phobias it's, this is the difference between the two fears one is things that happen to you Mm. And one is things that you wish to achieve, but you don't because you are crippled by a fear of and something. Everyone so has them. wasps and drowning are absolutely in the things that might happen to you. Yes, like, same way for like earthquakes or like car accidents or like horrible things happening to yeah. you, and you're afraid. You just lie awake thinking about those, but there's nothing you can do about them. And the other one is like, I want to quit my job and go to law school. I want to be a fashion designer. I want to do this thing. I want to sing in public. I want. I want. I want. But that is fear of failure. Like I, mm. I'm not prepared to put myself through that because uh, I have fully thought through a scenario in my mind where the kids laugh at my trainers. Yeah, exactly. You know? And the only way of getting through that is by doing it, but you don't have to just go, right, I'm going to do it immediately. What's the word? You've got to put things in place that will help you be able to cope with when it doesn't go go right. Yes. Because you will fail if you try things. You will always fail. And always. that one failure can't stop you ever doing it again. That's yeah. the saddest thing. Whenever I've um, spoken to people who've tried... I don't know, comedy or the, or they've tried writing a book or they, and they've got a knockback and they've never done it again. Yeah, it's because like, of course you were, everybody has, I, I tell you, I think it comes from like the X Factor or movies where you like, someone's just like singing one time on the street and then a producer walks past and is like, hey kid, we're going to Hollywood. And, then <laughs> and you're, you're also a jazz singer. And, you're a di- and then off we go to Hollywood and we're, that's it, done. Yeah. Overnight success. We have this vision in our head that that's how success is going to go. And it never, ever does. You never, when you hear about the overnight stars, you don't hear about the 10 years of hard work that they put into it. Yeah. And then we invented things like the X Factor, but you just come on one. Everyone's like, I only ever sing in the living room. And now in Simon Cowell's made them a star. And then everyone laughs at them when they get it wrong. Equally, yes. <laughs> That's X Factor. Terrible show. Both mm. sides of two terrible coins. Colonel Sanders and his chicken recipe. He took, spent three years trying to sell his chicken recipe. That's KFC man, by the way. He um, heard the word no 874 times. That's how many times he was not back. It's the classic um, I would definitely Harry have given Potter up. thing as well, isn't it? When everyone rejected Harry Potter and then Bloomsbury took it and it was like... But imagine that's perseverance on J.K. Rowling's part. It's to superhuman be, perseverance, basically. Superhuman that's what you're aiming for. She had a, a baby. She had nowhere to live. She was like living with friends. She didn't have any jobs. She'd written she a book about a wizard. It's the most crackers thing to have written. And you can just imagine all her friends being like, Joanne's written about a wizard. <laughs> like everyone just like tiptoeing around her. People like desperately being like, maybe just get a real job. <laughs> like, like <laughs> I just, I'm laughing because I just forgot her name was Joanne and it was yeah. a great use of the name. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. And, it was, and well done her and well done her friends for supporting her through that when they yeah. must have been like, please stop writing this wizard story. Yeah, please. And then her being like, the boy who lived! And they're like, what? It doesn't make any sense. And then he's just like, the evil wizard split himself into seven and put one in a jar. And then they're like, it doesn't make any sense. Please, please stop doing this. And she stuck it out. And imagine like how much she must have felt like she was failing at that point. Yeah, she wasn't 21. She was in her 30s. Yeah, exactly. She's like, yeah, exactly. Come on, everyone. Come on, everyone. If Joanne can do it. (laughs) Write a book about it. Don't do that. Don't do that because it's done. Done. It's been done. Done. You've got to find something else Find now. the thing you like and do it. You just have to believe that you are at the point of your 
in your movie where you're in the montage? Oh, definitely, yeah. Oh, definitely. Oh, oh yeah. That's good. I once, I once went for a drink with a friend and he brought another well, friend who I didn't know. Were you going to say, well done yeah. then? <laughs> Please, we're not at that stage, are we? Good Lord. And uh, the friend who I'd never met before, at this point I was living, I was sleeping underneath a kitchen table. Um, I'll just clarify that that is true. It is true. And paying £500 a month for the pleasure. And I was working as a waitress. I wanted to be a journalist. I'd just done an MA, but spent all my money on the MA. I couldn't write anywhere. Nobody wanted me on any level. <laughs> and, and I was drunk. I was just kind of going, oh, yeah, but that's fine. I'm doing this, and, but it's not really working. And I was like, and he was like, no, this is exciting. You're at the start of the film. You're the girl at the start of the film. And I've forgotten his name. I don't remember anything. He's wearing a very nice orange T-shirt. That really stuck with me. And now whenever I feel down, I'm like, okay, that film's gone. I'm the star of another film. Exactly. Like, that's how it works. Or it's the same film. We're, we're obsessed with this idea that we're like in the closing sequences of the film. What, dying? Just like the ha- that we're right before the wedding. We're right before we like, the, yes. we're right before the happy ever after bit. The bit that happens, yeah. Yeah, where we've had closure from the story. We're obsessed with the idea that we're there, that we're driving off with Cinderella in the pumpkin, you know, happy mm. ever after. And away she goes. But we're not there. The film is really long. The film is so long. It's such a long film. You're going to be alive for a really long time and you're going to do so much amazing stuff with it, guys. Yeah, guys. So, we have read Suzanne Jeffries' Face the Fear and Do It Anyway. Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. And that, we read the title. (laughs) And we've read it cover to cover and we've got some things to report. So it sold, Stevie, how many books did it sell? It has sold... 15 million copies. Good lord. In 100 countries. One five. That shows you how important fear is and how terrified everyone is. I wish self-help didn't have such a stigma to it or did not have any kooks writing stuff. Yeah. I wish people just acknowledged like it shouldn't be a derogatory thing to literally help yourself. Yeah, it's sort of as being so lame, isn't it? So lame and And so like, I'm reading this self-help book. It's like, this is Karen and she has crystals, you know. Like, yeah. And it, I wish that we just said like, cool, yeah, what cool book are you reading? What interesting expert are you listening to at the moment? Who are you, you know, what are you improving about yourself? Anyway, buy so... Buy the book. It's do excellent. buy it. We're it's not sponsored very, by we're it. We're not sponsored by it. Uh, last week I said, yeah, I'll interview the author. And she was like, good luck. And I thought she was just being sassy, but it turns out it's because she's dead. <laughs> like, <laughs> I could not find her, guys. I'm sorry, but I have got this to report about her book, which is very good. And there is admittedly a lot of, she's bringing a lot of like her own divorce and her own marriage. And there's a lot of like, Marie, a 44-year-old housewife, never had a job. So there is a lot of that element to it, which is not relevant to you guys. But so much of it is just so universal. So she talks about how fear is helplessness. Everything that we're afraid of is imagining a scenario in which we have lost control. Mm. And so either those like horrible things happening to us, we've lost control or we are public speaking or we're in a meeting and we're unprepared or we have to do something that we don't have the, the, the skills to do, something that we can't handle. And that is her yes. whole mantra in the book is about realizing that you can handle it and that all those fears are things that you can handle. And here are her big three truths. Number one, it doesn't go away. We're sort of obsessed with this the idea fear. of like the fear. We're sort of obsessed with this idea that one day I won't be afraid anymore. Oh, and then I'll do and it. And then I'll do it. 
oh yeah, you won't. If you, you want to quit your job, but you're frightened because... You're like, oh, when I get a new job, then I'll leave my job. When a, when a new person comes along, then I'll leave this toxic relationship. When my room's tidy, then I'll be able to write my novel. You Such know? excellent examples, Tessa. Thank you. Those really are the great. things that we put in place. We're obsessed with when this, then that. Yeah. And if you are thinking, I do that, it's because everyone does it. Yeah, it's weird. the most human thing. And if you don't do it, you may be a psychopath. Yes, if you're listening and you don't do it, you're a psychopath. And good um, luck to you. And good luck, champ. <laughs> um, so it doesn't go away. I think if you just accept that like, you are always going to be scared. Until you do it. Until you do it. And then be like, oh, okay. I won't waste all this time worrying about it because in 10 years, if I still haven't done it, I'm still going to be frightened of it. Exactly. There's right. no point where you're going to wake up one day and be like, oh, I can do a public town hall meeting. I'm going to leave Shane. <laughs> Leave Shane. For God's sake, Karen, leave Shane. If you are called Karen, you're with someone called Shane, take this as like a universe, a sign from the universe that you should leave him. Uh, And also that fear and creativity go hand in hand. So you are more creative when you're afraid? No, no, no. If Chances are, if you're trying to do something creative, what comes naturally with that is this, oh, people won't think it's good enough. Oh, Oh, yeah, definitely. You know? And so rather than being like, oh, I wish that fear would go away, it's not going to go away. Just tell it to be quiet and get in the back seat because you and creativity are going somewhere. Wow. Wow. I'm crying. Right? If you have a very specific fear and it sort of keeps you awake... The only way to get over that one is to go and do it. Yeah. And the chances are, if it's a really specific thing, it's probably because you want to do that. Yeah, definitely. You aren't kept awake by a fear of something you have absolutely no interest in whatsoever. <laughs> that would be, that'd that'd be, be mad. so odd, yeah. <laughs> right? It's probably because you're like, wish that you could. <laughs> I, just can't something. I can't sleep because I want to do the Grand Prix. But you don't. <laughs> <laughs> the Grand Prix, exactly. I actually give, I'd give the Grand Prix a go. Yeah. So if those are things that keep you awake, it's because your heart beats for them. You know, you want to yeah. do it. Go and do it. And just accept that that fear is not going to go away. It's coming with you. Just plow on through. And this is truth number three. Everyone else is exactly as scared. Everybody is as afraid as you are. It's the sort of that, just that human thing of thinking like, I'm the only one. You mm. know, you can't really believe that anyone else is as scared. And if they're like, I'm scared, you're like, I'm more scared. Yeah, yeah. No, sorry. My personality I, type means that I'm more scared than you, but yeah. actually everyone's personality type involves fear. Some people are better at reacting to that fear and mm. quicker to react to it than others but then if you're struggling with something you'll find that you will have done something that someone else would could never even imagine so you've got your own kick-ass fear um warrior within you but it's just maybe not about the thing that's keeping you up at night obviously or you wouldn't be you'd be sleeping like a babe (laughs) like a like a small babe I'm just going to interject because it's time for a money hack. It's me this week. Money hack. Brought to you by our beautiful sponsors, the FSCS. The people who protect your money in your banks and building societies for free. And this week, the brilliant hack is about bills. Can you pay my bills? I cannot pay them, no. You owe £40 for water and £800 for gas. Oh, uh, I accept that number. And we never, ever question it. It's true, we actually don't. I sorted my gas out last week and a man just said, it's this much every quarter. And I said, thank you, Michael, and put the phone down. <laughs> I didn't question it because I have abs- I don't really confidently know what gas does or yeah. is. Name something that is run by gas in the house. <laughs> Oh no, because I actually... Oh wait, we've got a hob with yes, fire on it. Way That's to go, Jam. It's tricky. What you need to do, get yourself on a compare website, comparethemarket.com, uswitch.com, any of those. Go and look up 
who your provider is. I bet you don't know who your gas or water or electricity provider is off the top of your head. Go and find out. Look it up. See what you're paying. See what everyone else is paying. See if you can get a different deal somewhere else. Go and ring them up. Say, hello, I'm thinking of switching. See if they offer you a deal for moving across. It sounds like the most boring, most tedious use of an afternoon. It's basically what I do with my phone tariff. Exactly. Like you do with your phone, no problem. And you'd be like, oh, I wonder what I can get on a different phone this time. Yeah, but and you're real I'm... sassy and you know how much you pay and you know what data you get and you know your phone. Yeah, I right? know my phone. Well, we I don't know, know I... my gas. You don't know your gas. You, know, you have no idea what's Water. happening in the house. Yeah. You know, so... Get energy aware because those bills are draining us. What a great tip. Thanks, Thanks, Tessa. You are so welcome. That amazing money hack was brought to you by the FSCS, the people who protect your money for free from £1 to £85,000 in UK banks and building societies. Check out their website for more money tips and check your money's protected by searching FSCS Protected. Thanks, FSCS. As ever, absolute money champs. (laughs) Uh, Let's plunge back into our biggest fears. You're afraid of social situations. That's another big fear, I think. Social fear. Yeah. Um, I did an article a couple of weeks ago and I was talking to people about their careers and career milestones. And one of them was to how to deal with a mistake at work. And I spoke to these really like high up women, women who are doing very, very well, right at the sort of top of their game. And they all said they had to do something really, really frightening. And to think of it, in the sense that what are the ramifications of not doing it? Because not doing it, being paralysed, will make you feel way more, way worse than doing it and maybe making a mistake along the way or doing it and it not being quite what you hoped for. Because at least you can look back and go, well, I gave it a bloody good go. I didn't just sit on my, my butt cheeks. I think that's really, really important because you're always trying to top up your little confidence bucket. And if you never do anything, you're never putting anything into that little bucket. You're just, you're saying that you're not good enough to do stuff. And all of these women said that a lot of these risks that they've taken, whether that's been quitting their job, whether that's been one woman was doing like a documentary and she forgot she turned the camera to off instead of record. So they like didn't record an entire scene in a prison and her entire shoot was completely ruined because she, in her head, she was so panicky. In the end, nobody really noticed. It was absolutely fine. She could have just put her hand up and said, I made a mistake. But she didn't. She made herself ill with with worrying. And I think, yeah, always do it because you'll have regret and regret is the worst thing to have. That's way worse than having a fear. Just to put that so concisely into what Susan Jeffries had put in like very bold letters throughout the book is that facing the fear is much less frightening than living with the fear. It's possible I might just cut that entire thing I said <laughs> and just just put that. But I felt like mine had a lot of emotion it in heart. So, well, exactly. Otherwise, that's just a mindless quote. But that's Thank you. exactly that. Of Thank like, you. If you really think about, oh, hey, do you want to live with this feeling, this ho- that horrible feeling of mm. wanting to do something but feeling totally trapped by it? Do you want to live with that forever? Or do you want to just go and do the thing that you're scared of? Yeah, and then you'll know. And then you'll know. And you need to put yourself into a situation where you can handle the worst that could happen. So I'll use an example that, which is Tessa did. I hope you don't mind me using this as an example. Um, Tessa's doing her own show at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. And it's not something that I imagine isn't frightening her. (laughs) Um, But in order to start off, she did a really clever thing, which was she went to um, like a gig which she knew would be really chilled out really laid back she only had to do five minutes there was like 15 people on on the bill none of her friends were there it wasn't like this big deal she didn't really tell anyone really low-key 
the worst that could happen was that wouldn't work very well. And that was something that she thought she could handle because it was a really low-key situation. If her first gig had been at the Hackney Empire in front of all of her friends and family and was half an hour, that's too much. So it's like, look at your fear, break it down, try and figure out the best way to slide into it like a cold swimming pool. Yeah, to bring it back to GCSEs, remember that GCSE bite size program they used to make? I loved that. Yeah, when it was like, obviously your GCSEs feel very overwhelming. This chapter on rocks is fine. But you're like, (laughs) that's life summed up, isn't it? Yeah. This chapter on rocks is fine. It's like just this tiny baby step forward. That's fine. And also the more that you walk along it, the more that I am doing this show, as Stevie said, and the more things I do and I just like put myself just one step quietly up I'm like if I can do this step I can do the next step I can't do the eighth step yet Mm. but I can do the next one and it has affected so many other things in my life being like the I can handle it mantra it was like yeah I can probably handle that as well yeah that that totally unrelated thing I now feel much more confident about getting myself out of the box for example in the sea oh that's really great (laughs) I could probably handle it I haven't tried it I haven't tried it just like just an increased level of confidence of like the idea that you probably could yeah i think walking around thinking you probably could do something is an incredibly useful life skill in your own brain because it'll Mm. just mean that you'll reach your your potential if you've got a specific goal in mind you want to really think through your plan and make sure you have a no lose model Mm. so really think through exactly like stevie said don't start at the hackney empire Start with something really small and then really think through the absolute worst case scenario. Really break it down and see what positives you can draw from that. Mm. Okay, I can fully imagine this scenario happening the worst I can possibly imagine it going. What are the positives I can take from it? What would I learn as, as a result? What would the ultimate fallout be? And that would be, I had a drink forgot about it nobody minded I now know what to do when I yeah, do it and again yeah I've done it and I'm ready to try it try it again I knew yeah. what worked and what didn't or and actually that works if you're talking about something like someone quitting their job to go freelance or someone quitting their job to because they hate it and they just want to find an, another job and they don't have a plan that works plan it beforehand do clever things like if you're really worried that you're not going to pay your rent because you don't have a job then save money for three months before you quit then quit then you've got a little question like you can make the worst case scenario better by really thinking it through it's all about specifics and breaking it down otherwise you just like wave your hands in the air and shout like well ah, i'm afraid then you'll probably get fired anyway nobody wants that girl in the office so really be like what am i afraid of what are the tiny tiny things and then the converse of that is like you fully imagine the very worst case scenario and then get rid of the best case scenario so that one that you can imagine in your head of how the best it can possibly go get rid of that one that's no help to you mm. because you've imagined like it's the equivalent of come on kid we're going to Hollywood yeah. everybody has that yeah. and that is only going to stand in your way and just accept that it will be absolutely middle of the road and keep mm. on trucking and then if anything does happen that's excellent it's a lovely bonus and everything that you do is so much better than anything you could imagine because those things are in your head they didn't happen that's like saying your favourite memory is a dream you once had <laughs> it's exactly that and we realised that like we never put pen to paper we didn't write the novel because we have this huge dream in our minds of like we became this best selling author and we you know we changed lives Mm. but you didn't do it you didn't even try so you don't deserve to have that dream yeah wow well I hope this has been very helpful and please do tweet us if you have any tips for getting over your fears if you got over your 
fears, if you fought a fear and you, you want to tell us about it, tweet us at The Debrief or individually. I'm at Stevie M, the S is a five, and will always be. And I'm at Tessa Coates. I just, thank you so much for listening. I just want to share the final line of a poem with you. It's called um, Failing and Flying, if you want to go and look it up. It's by Jack Gilbert. It's a really beautiful poem, and it really changed how I feel about trying anything. It was about Icarus, who everybody knows. Who's Icarus, Stevie? Oh, he flew too close to the sun with his feathers and the wax melted. Mm, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody remembers the fact that he, his wax melted and he fell into the sea. This is the poem. Everyone forgets that Icarus also flew. Oh, that's nice. He did. It's the same when love comes to an end or the marriage fails and people say they knew it was a mistake, that everybody said it would never work. But anything worth doing is worth doing badly. I believe Icarus was not failing as he fell, but merely coming to the end of his triumph. That is so nice. Goodbye. Goodbye. Good luck. 